What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Annie Up Podcast. I'm Howard Bender, and I'm laughing my ass off because guess who's back? Oh, baby. Adam Rodas, everybody. And of course, I'm laughing because right before we started recording, he wanted to talk to me about the Yankees. So, no, I don't want to. Adam, how are you? Welcome back from your vacation. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's always nice to take some time off. But I came back right for the start of the fantasy football push. I mean, we know it's kind of year round, but right around July 4th is when you really start things, start to see them ramp up and the drafts start to pile up. So right in time for that. Right in time for that, indeed. Oh, dude, listen, I had the Independence Day Invitational yesterday on Sunday. Uh, 12-team PPR, uh, two tight ends, two flex, no kicker, no dig. I used to play in that. Did you play in that? Yeah, for the first couple years. And then I'm like, uh, it's July 4th and I got shit to do. Sorry, I can't play in it. I <laughs> so don't, I don't think you did. I, I did. I absolutely played in that league. Probably I run that league, Adam. I was in it. I when? guarantee it. It was on Fantrax, bro. I don't know. Does Fantrax have a history where you can look back? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look and see if I was they absolutely do. in it, but, um, there was one year that I said I couldn't make it cause I had plans July 4th and then I didn't get the invite back, which is fine. I understand that because once people are in, they get top options. Same thing for our Greenwich street tavern league. So we have mm-hmm. 24. I will ask everyone who was in it last year. Are you coming back? Uh, and then if one or two drop out, which will probably happen, maybe three, then I'll open it up to other people. But yeah, I was in that draft for the first couple of years. Hmm. So I go to click league history and it doesn't give me any league history. No league history has been created by the commissioner. I'm supposed to create a league history. Yeah, it should just be there. I don't understand that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. All right, I mean, well, I, I can't. I can't I'm, verify I'm whether you, or not Adam's was, telling the truth. I was or not. in that league. I think I probably have been out of it for. Oh, wait, here we go. Um, I have a history here. So you're there, 2017. Was I only in it one year? I thought I was in it more. 2017, I was in it. Um, let me see if you were in it too. But I was in it in 2017. Yeah. Um, you were in it that year. Lisa Ann was in it that year. I, I was finished. running the stupid league. I was the commissioner. I was seven and six. Oh, well, that explains a real memorable you, season for you. You were today. five and eight. I was five and eight. Yeah. I don't it was that. actually the best record was nine and four. That's not, that's a pretty tight league. Well, we just drafted that on Sunday. I had the third pick overall. Took myself some Travis Kelsey. I wasn't going to leave that to Mike Dempsey again this year. So screw that. So, of course, this will be the year that Kelsey gets hurt. Just so you know. Who knows? But, you know, it feels like in that league, um, you probably need a top tight end to do well. I mean, yeah. is that, has that been the case? Have you noticed the last few years? That has been the case. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now people have gotten value tight ends right. who have performed well, but, you know, yeah. I mean, Dempsey, I remember uh, Ken Zalis uh, had, he won it not last year, but the year before. Um, he had, I can't remember who the tight ends were that he had, but he, he ended up, they were like just good value picks. Um, 
you know, both were having good years, scored touchdowns. Last year, Dempsey took Travis Kelsey super early in the draft. I mean, he's taking keys. He's, he's taking the a tight end in that first round um, pretty much every year that he's done it. So and done well and done well. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, so, we, yeah, so we did that. I just got off the broadcast for the uh, FSGA draft, which I got to tell you, man, was a little bittersweet because, you know, not only did I not get to do the uh, the, the regular fantasy alarm show on the first day of the Scott Fishbowl, uh, but I also I got relegated from this friggin league. I had I, I was probably like I had the the fifth or the sixth lowest points in a 15 in a 14 teamer. Right. Oh, I told you about this all last year. This is the, I got yeah. relegated and I had more points than like four or five other teams. Bullshit. But had the, but had the worst record and they went by record. I had the worst. I had the worst record, and see, yeah, they went I, by record. See, I don't understand that because if this is a league that is putting an importance on points, because isn't this the league where it's top three records and then the next three with the most points get in? That is a hundred percent what my so, argument was. Right. If you're and going I, to be in the playoffs based on point totals, you should not be relegated based on you know strictly on record. You have to take points into consideration. And uh, and Digger Digger was like, well, did you at least uh, say, hey, can you at least make that change next year or propose it to whoever's in charge? What committee? Because I would go for that because you're saying, well, there's bad luck involved. So we don't want to go strictly by record. Points should matter. You have to do it on the bottom end, too. In my opinion, and I'm not saying that because you got screwed. You know, obviously they made the rule existed last year, but. Shouldn't we change it going forward? I think so. I made the suggestion. I didn't even ask this year because I don't care. Like I'm, you know, in some other league and, you know, I'm not going to be one of those guys. There are some analysts who um, have like the FSGA. Usually it was like the last place team got bounced. Right. And it wasn't like, you know, bottom three get relegated. It was just the bottom team gets bounced and I've seen analysts quit after getting bounced and uh, and I'm just I'm not like that so I'll compete in one of these other leagues that you know that they have and and work my way back in uh you know to the uh to the Champions League but so it was a little bittersweet for me to to have to cover it and like talk about you know talk to you know some of the people who you know have my spot but you know what are you going to do what are you going to do um and then, like I just said, man, Scott Fishbowl, that started today. So we are, I'm already, I'm like massive best ball drafts. And now all these drafts into the fantasy football season, and it's only July 5th. Oh, yeah, man. I did a super flex league with Colton and the Wolfman a few weeks ago on RT Sports. I'm in the middle of two best ball tens right now. I'm doing a fishbowl. Got my FSGA draft Wednesday night. So, yeah, I'm just like. Thrown into the fire, man. It's just like, here you go. There's a lot of drafts. I was telling my friends about it today. They think I'm crazy. Uh, you know, they're more casual players. They're in my home league and everything. They do maybe two, three leagues. So they're more casual players. But yeah, they understand this is what I do for my career. So it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. And it's just, you know, I'm not 
last year was so different because we had the pandemic and I was doing, I was doing football prep hundred <laughs> percent from April. Well, no, no. Yeah. I'd say April through the start of the season. Because yeah. remember, April, May, June, and half of July, we had no sports. So it was basically most of our content during that time, videos, podcasts, radio shows, was a lot of football. Because it's like, all right, we don't know what's happening with baseball and basketball for a while. We know football is going to be played. All right, here we go. And this year, obviously, it's been a little bit different. Because I usually have more drafts under my belt at this time. So, you know, I'm just cramming it in. I've actually been doing stuff even the last week or so, kind of looking, doing some research and everything and uh you know have certain players i like but it's not fully there there so it's going to be the next few weeks are definitely going to be hardcore you know basketball's an nba final so obviously that workload has diminished and you know it's spread out so i'll still have my betting stuff but not as much do, uh, time devotion to nba right now and baseball we have the all-star break coming up even though it's only three days and then that thursday is uh one game red sox yankees to start the second half but yeah, it'll just be ramping up the football content. I have several articles coming out on the Fantasy Alarm Draft Guide. So, yeah, it's that time where you just get immersed in and uh, just getting hammered with drafts, though, which is fun. But then you look back when the season starts, you're like, holy shit, why did I do all those drafts? Dude, I'm I'm looking at, at my bookmarks for, for fantasy football leagues that I did last year. 25. That includes best balls? 20, no, it doesn't. Oh, dude, that's dude. You've got to cut back. You are going to this year, right? See, you don't, you don't, you say yes to everything. And I've said this before. I used to be like that. And I think we're at a point now where you don't have to say yes to everything, Howard. You got to no, cut no, no, something but see, down. All right. So here's the thing though. You're, you're right. You're definitely right. But let me count them real. Let me, you know, so FSGA, that's one, right? Standard. Um, the Dirty Laundry League, which is a husband and wives league that I started. Okay. So we're going on our fifth year uh, coming up this year. So I run the league. So it's not like I can just, I'm not just going to drop it and I play, you know, my wife is in this league too. Along with you know some other uh, some other wonderful couples around the industry and uh, and and the world, uh, two listener leagues for the radio, the Fancy Alarm Staff League. I did this stupid combined football and baseball league for Sirius XM, the Jam on Fantasy Football League, which you know I run, and it's probably one of my favorite leagues. Um, the fish home league that I got invited to, I'm sorry, can't not say no, right? That'd be like Papoose calling you up and be like, yo, you want to be in my fantasy league? And you'd be like, no, I'm, I'm in too many leagues, Papoose. Thanks so much for the offer. Right? You'd have right. to say yes. All right. Um, the Sirius XM Dynasty League, which I've been in for a number of years, the Independence Day Invitation, I've been in for like five or six years. Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, I probably could have said no to the Di the Diehards Dynasty League. It was Mike Dempsey. It was hard to say no. Okay. Well, Two host leagues, the Huddle League, which I've been in. The Huddle League, I could probably pass on. I probably should pass that on to somebody else at Fantasy Alarm. That was passed down. You ready for this one? That was passed down from um, from Jeff Erickson to me when I was with Rotowire. 
So I've been in that league for over a decade. And so most of the guys have been too. But I could probably pass that. Some of these fringe ones here, though, I could I could have definitely said no. Oh, and I was in the Kings Classic in the GST League. Not saying no to the GST League, man. That shit's money. That's free money from those fucking bitches, right? It's free money? <laughs> <laughs> Already talking shit after winning, huh? Right? I'm just waiting for, like, uh, the tweet from Truck tomorrow now. He's like, up yours, Bender! Yeah, you. you know, I'm gonna, you know, I actually went to uh, the GST, the Greenwich Street Tavern in New York City, and I'm not saying it because our buddy Christopher Cara owns it, but it's a really cool spot, and they have outdoor seating now, so if you're in that area, in the village area, check it out, really good food, uh, but I was there, and he plans to have it in person, so I just need to settle on a date with him, figure it out, uh, so we might even do it outdoors because they have the outdoor seating, uh, especially if it's a nice day. But, yeah, I need to get that date set because, you know, if you're going to travel and if Jen Piacenti had said she would travel and then we have some people coming from Boston and upstate New York. So but more so for you guys on the West Coast, you know, so you have advance notice. So uh, hopefully this week I can get a date to you guys so you guys will know if you can make it or not. Well, I'm going to tell you flat out what days I can't make it. How about that? Again, this decision is not mine. It's not my bar. So <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying I've had a planned vacation. Got you know, got the old fish. Uh, yeah, fish tour here. So uh, from August 30th through, we, uh, we will not have it that late. September uh, 5th. Oh, see there you go. Because Wait, uh, any other time in August, he's in a lot of high stakes leagues right before this. So um, yeah, my guess is. Taking a quick glance at the calendar, I think he said Sunday, a Sunday. So probably the 15th or the 22nd of August would be my guess right now. Um, but I will have a conversation with him this week to hammer out the date. All right. All right. You know what? August 8th would be even better because that's before Baby Fenstie's due date. Um, you well, know Fenstie's going to have a fucking kid and then all that. of a sudden he's going to need time off. Yeah, on a Sunday, though? What are you going to do for him on a Sunday? We have well, no show. It's not a question of that. It's, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So Sunday. All right, the 15th. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. That's the same time, though. That's the same week as the uh, the Fantasy Football Expo. Oh, you're going to that? No, I'm not going to that. Okay. I already told him I wasn't going to that because I was planning on traveling for the GST League. Okay. Wow. True yeah. story. Well, well you'd rather win money than bragging rights right <laughs> yeah I know, have, right? that's the problem look it's not disrespectful at all you know i take these leagues seriously if there's no money online that's just the way i am because i remember telling someone that like yeah you know there's not money they're like i know you you will compete to the end and i will but when you are in higher stakes money leagues i'm sorry they have to take priority and again it's not saying oh well i don't care about the fishbowl i'm gonna play it to the end regardless but if you do a pecking order and you've got a league where you can win four figures, yeah, that's something you want to make a priority because and, – and, and it's good competition. It's fun. Like you haven't been to one of the drafts in person. You know you've been at plenty of drafts. That draft is fun, man. A lot of people you will know already from that draft, um, and it's just great. You know, We haven't been able to do it for two years now because obviously the pandemic – it's just a fun experience. Everyone knows each other. Great camaraderie. Yeah, we're going through each other's throats and we want to win. So 
yeah, it's just fun. Um, and I'm not saying the others aren't. They're great. I go to all these industry drafts. But when you're like in three, four, five, and there's nothing on the line, I'm sorry, man. Like, at least the FSG is putting some money on the line. It's not a lot, but I did win a couple years ago. I got a nice ring. That's cool. Got some money. But some of these leagues is nothing on the line. And I'm not saying Scott Fishbowl before I get criticized because it's for charity. Yeah, it's, it's a charity event. So. Right. But I'm just saying we have so many industry leagues where there's nothing on the line. And I just – it's just tough, man, because, you know, when you play in, like, double-digit leagues, I don't want half of them to be just bragging rights. For what? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't do much for me. Well, you know why? Again, because you're established in the industry. If you were, you know, yes, and I'm not. This, to... If you were in the industry four or five years, you know, and you get yes, invited right. to one of these leagues, oh no doubt, it I means mean, look, something. Still, it's yeah, no, I still do tout and labor. It's not like I turn them down, and there's nothing on the line there except pride and everything. So I understand they are prestigious. I'm not trying to sound like oh, I'm better than everyone. I've never been like that. I. I'm, I interact with fans and listeners and invite them to the GST League. You know how many people in this industry wouldn't even interact? They think they're better and bigger. That's not what we're like at Fantasy Alarm. And that's one of the biggest reasons I came over here. We interact with everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think I'm better than fans. I want them to be in my league. I've invited people in my home league. So it's not about that at all. I'm, and I'm not trying to diminish it. We've had this conversation numerous times, maybe to some people just hearing for the first time. I'm not saying that. It's just that. I prefer there to be something on the line. It's just, you know that you were in a GST last year and you, and you won and you got a nice payday. I mean, how fun is that? Right. I mean, you know, yeah, it's great winning an FSG and all that, but you know, when there's money on the line and you're backing up your picks, because I'm not saying a lot of people do it, but we know there's some people in those leagues who would not make those picks they did if there was money on the line. Yeah. Oh like, no. hundred percent on that one. I, I can't stand that. I can't stand that. Hundred percent on that one, and you know, I mean, I, 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 there was, there was a little bit of me in that the Independence Day Invitational yesterday. I mean, you know, again, I think it's, it's, you know, obscene to be drafting this early, right? And you know, I mean, what are we trying to, you know, teach people? So, you know, I mean, I, for me, it was, you know, just kind of like a, you know, this is like a have fun sort of a league. And I made I made a couple of picks. Now I did it, you know, I stayed, you know, according to my rankings and stuff like that. But there were a few picks that I made during the draft, uh, just strictly to get under, you know, John and Pemba's skin, um, Mike Dempsey's skin, you know, just to kind of fuck with them a little bit, you know, and steal a couple of their guys. But I mean, listen, you know, I mean, would I would I sit there and and you know make stupid, like totally off the wall picks just because there's nothing at stake. No, see that I wouldn't do because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to teach people how to draft, right? How to be flexible in a draft. Plus the do. other thing too, that people need to take into account is that some people like will respect a certain analyst and go, Oh, I want to see their draft. Cause I know they do well and I want to see who they like. So you kind of have to be true to that. Like there's a fine line where, yeah, you can try different things in a free league. I understand that. But you got to remember there's certain people like, I like this analyst. I want to see his picks. And then if you make a pick and you're not on that player, 
then they're going to be like, wait a second. I saw this draft you did. You said you love this guy. And now, like, he's buried in your rankings and you don't take him in any other drafts. What happened? Now, you could say, well, at that point, there were things I liked. And then I dug deeper. And there's a lot of trends that I don't like. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But you got to remember, especially people that are paying for your advice, you want to be true to them. And, you know, I've always said when I give advice to someone, it's the way I would build my team. It's the way I treat my team. If I'm telling you to do something, I would I'm managing it like it's my own team. And I think uh, that's what an analyst should do. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, that's why I mean, listen, yeah, it, it's just and I, you know, and I and I it's it's also it's the same thing. It's it's in a league where there's money involved, there's a league where there's no money involved. You know, I mean, listen, if there's something like, you know, the Scott Fishbowl where you're playing in an overall tournament, maybe then you shake it up and you do oh, yeah. some, some different no shit. But no doubt. That and see, and that that's the one not issue. You know, everyone's talking about on social media, it's for a good cause. But let's be honest, this doesn't help people at all in the home leagues. It doesn't. And I applaud Scott for what he does, trying something different, different scoring system. I understand that. It's probably something we need to try in baseball and experiment, or right, to get mm -hmm. back interest. But the per the average person who is following this and they see the draft boards, it does nothing for them. It doesn't help. And, and, and again, I'm not knocking it. I'm just speaking the truth. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm all for different experimentation. I mean, I don't know if you remember Fantasy Taz. Yeah, I remember Fantasy Taz. Yeah, I, I haven't heard from him in a while. I, I want to reach out to him. He's a good dude. I know he's not really in the industry, but he played. He created this league called Utter Chaos, and it was kind of like the fishbowl, different scoring, like defensive end scored mad points. It was IDPs, and I was able – I figured it out. I did very well in that league. It's challenging, so I'm all for that. But the the, the draft boards that we're putting out, it doesn't help the people who consume most of our content. No, and listen, I I, I actually I brought a friend of mine in there and and on the uh, on the whole thing, um, you know she is uh, she she loves fans. She's a big huge fantasy football nut. I'm in a, you know, I'm in two leagues with her, three leagues, two. I was in two, in two leagues with her, three with her husband, and. Um, you know, and, and I knew he was going to be so crazy busy between now and, you know, the end of the year. So I said to her, I'm like, listen, you know, because her daughter's off uh, going to college, you know, this fall also. So I'm like, you know, your, your mama bird's going to have some empty nest syndrome here and your husband's going to be, you know, away on fucking tour the entire time. So why don't you why don't you try joining this league? And, you know, and I, I laid it out for him like, you know, it's for charity and. You know, everything about it. But then the first thing I said to her was like, okay, now everything that you know about ADP, draft strategy, rankings, everything like that, throw it away because it's garbage. It's useless. You're going to step into the draft room. You're going to look at the first three to five picks that are coming off the board. And you're going to be like, what the fuck did you just get me in? Into. I said, go in with that attitude, that mentality, get the guys you like, get the guys you want, get the guys who you think are going to perform and just go with it that way. Because now this is just, I mean, this is so all over the place. And, you know, 
between draft, you know, first down scoring and, and everything else that comes with it. You know, it's just really, I said, and then throw super flex on top of it. And it, it's just, it's, it's bonkers. It's absolute bonkers. And, uh, <laughs> it's so funny because she was having trouble with the, uh, MFL site as many other people do. <laughs> um, Sorry, MFL, but it's sometimes it's a very difficult site to navigate. But so she she calls she texts me in like a panic. It's like five in the morning, my time. She's on the East Coast. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I never text over, you know, you know, over um, you know, time zones like this, but I'm having trouble with this and I need some some help. And I had to like calm her down <laughs> with it. I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's all right. It's a very difficult site to navigate. She's like, I don't know who I'm taking in my first pick. I don't know what to expect from everything now. She's like, not because she's done a bunch of, she did a bunch of mocks for Scott Fishbowl and that were just pointless. Like she was like the, she's like Patrick Mahomes went number one in my draft. And I think she was like, um, it was like Mahomes, then Kelsey, then, um, Ah, geez, maybe it was like Josh Allen or something like that or Dak. But she was just like, she was like, I have no idea what's going on. She thought Christian McCaffrey was going to genuinely fall to her at six, the way people were drafting. And then the guy at five took McCaffrey right in front of her. <laughs> she was just like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, yeah, listen, this Scott Fishbowl, as much as we do love it, and we do love it, um, this is nothing like drafting in fantasy football. And I'll tell you what, Adam, I, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm going to tell a little truth here. Um, I thought a two tight end league, right, would be it, – it's kind of mocking the whole thing. You know, everybody's like, oh, get rid of kickers, get rid of kickers, get rid of defense, this and that, right? So I was like, all right, well, we're drafting on the 4th of July which is ridiculous. Okay. For, for a, a league. I was like, so, so let's, uh, let's do it. And I wanted to make it like the ugliest looking draft board. And I thought that by making it two tight ends, everybody would reach for tight ends and it would just start the whole football season off on like this oddball foot. Right. My, my, the baseball guy in me kind of like punishing the, the rest of the world saying, oh, you want to draft on the 4th of July? Okay, fine. Fuck you. We'll draft this. This stupid, godforsaken, two tight ends, stardom both, nauseating league. And uh, and look at that. It's fucking stuck now for six years. Yeah, no, look, I think it's always good to try something different. And maybe people see it and go, I like that. You know, it's something I did years ago. Not position but i play double headers in my home league we've done it for a while and a couple people are like oh i like that you know again to increase the or decrease the luck factor you know we, how many times have you played in a league oh i scored the second most points this league but i lost to the high score well you play a double header you're probably going one and one so i'm all for trying to come up with different formats and everything and again i applaud scott fish for trying something different because it's very challenging like i don't think there's a Unless someone has mapped it out, I don't think there's a set strategy where you go, oh, yeah, this is the way to draft. You can go in so many different directions here. So the, the scoring is e e kind of balanced. Even now, you can 
flex a kicker this year. And if you look at the kicker scoring, some of those kickers are going to outscore some of these wide receivers in the 30 to 40 range. So there's just so much thrown into the mix, you know, super flex, the quarterbacks, just the scoring. It's insane. So I don't think there's like, oh, this is the way to win. Uh, and especially if you're going for an overall. So it's challenging. And I applaud that. I think, you know, sometimes we need to get away from the same old thing over and over. But I just don't ever see a scoring system like this becoming mainstream because I will repeat it. It's not insulting, but the casual fantasy football player doesn't want things difficult. Right. They want it to be the, one of the reasons why it's so popular yep. once a week, basically. Yes, there's a Thursday game and all that, but it's not the time consuming like fantasy baseball is where, you know, you can't you go three days without knowing what's going on in baseball. You're way behind. You're like, oh, this guy's hurt. This guy's hurt. Oh, this guy was called. Like you can't. And people don't have time for that, which is why it's not as popular. Football, you know, you can you can casually pay attention two, three days a week. You know, there are people who don't even watch football. I don't recommend that. But, you know, that's why Fantasy Alarm. We got all this content. If you do happen to be at a wedding or something, you just go on and you see everything and you're caught up and you have days to catch up. Right. You know, most games Sunday, one game Monday. You got Tuesday. You can spend all day Tuesday or even Wednesday catching up before your waivers run. You can't do yeah. that in baseball. No, you can't. You can't. And you're right. And and because of that, you know, that kind of simplicity um, that they crave. Yeah, it's why you're not going to get some whack shit like, you know, I mean, I, I think the wackiest pe- that, that, that people are going right now are super flex. Right. And even then you look at a super flex draft and you're like. You know, if you're giving advice, you're like, well, you just you, you have to see the way quarterbacks come off the board, you know, to to really make that determination. If you, you the, the worst spot to be in is sitting there at one, two or three and trying to figure out if you're supposed to take a fucking quarterback early or one of these, you know, elite wide receivers. Like that's a that's a legit dilemma in a super flex. But, you know, as we've seen with with a lot of the regular drafts right now, um, you know, very, very running back heavy. It's very much, um, you know, it's it's like it's 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 by the book. You know, like when you're you're well, you're not a you you don't play blackjack, do you? No. For the people out there who like know blackjack, they know that you know there's a there's a book basically. That, well, it is. It's the book that just tells you you know what your odds are and what you should do if you've got you know certain hands and based on what's on the board and when to double down and stuff like that. There are some people who just strictly play by the book and, uh, and they, you know, have the ability to walk away when they have a really good run and, uh, and they leave it at that because there are too many variables that pop in because the person who sits down next to you might not be playing by the book. And therefore all of a sudden it changes the cards uh, that come to you hand after hand. Um, and so, yeah, there's like you can play it by the book and draft, you know, as everybody else is drafted or you kind of throw in a, a little curveball stuff like that. But the way it is right now, I mean, the majority of people, I mean, this is all this is like your traditional, like not even talking about PPR versus standard. It's like your traditional, like old school drafts where everybody's just taking running backs early. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I mean, obviously, in best ball, it's a different format. You can't go to the waiver wire, so it's even more of a priority. But, yeah, you're seeing it in a redraft, too. It's just there's a lack of three down backs, and they're all going to go early. 
And people just look at that board of running backs and go, oh, man, it gets thin quick. You know, the, that fourth, fifth, sixth round, you just don't feel good about most of those running backs. And with receivers, you know, you're seeing so many teams run three wide receivers. And a lot of teams, you're like, oh, yeah, there's three receivers that are fantasy relevant. And you feel like, yeah, it's great to have one of those top five wide receivers. But why? I mean, I could take two running backs and then hammer wide receivers. So and a lot of people are doing it. and. Yeah, we're back to that old school where it's all running backs early. Which is definitely an interesting place to be. I'm not going to lie. There's definitely a, a very interesting place. Um, yeah, I don't know. How's your um, how's your Scott Fishbowl draft going? I mean, we've, we've talked about it incessantly here, right? Um, where are you picking and uh, and what's the status of your draft right now? So, yeah, I had the number one pick. Um, I didn't set a priority, but I got the one pick and there's third round reversal in this. So uh, I went with Patrick Mahomes. I felt like you, 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 I didn't know how the quarterback run was going to go. And I was like, by the time it comes back to me around two, I could be looking at crap. So uh, I felt like I didn't need to take Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Kelsey, you could make a case for. So I just decided to go quarterback and looking back at it, uh, probably worked out. I mean, there were maybe one or two quarterbacks that I would have liked in round two. I strongly considered Stafford. He went one pick before me. Um, but then in round two, uh, Ezekiel Elliott was there, uh, ninth running back off the board. So I took him because I felt like didn't need to take a wide receiver. Only one wide receiver has gone. So we have uh, 28 picks in. One wide receiver is gone. So that tells you where, <laughs> yeah, that tells you where wide receiver is, man. So quarterbacks hammered seven quarterbacks in round one and then four more in round two. There were actually two teams who started two quarterbacks. I actually think that is a very viable strategy in this. They put up a lot of points. They put up the most points. You want efficient quarterbacks. Uh, so I'm, I actually, again, I thought about it. If Stafford had fallen to me, I probably would have taken him. There was another quarterback I like. I think there's a chance he makes it back. I, again, when you're picking on the ends, you can't play like that. You have to be aggressive because the picks are so far in between. So I'm actually I'm happy with my start, though, because I think Zeke had a really bad year last year, still put up a decent amount of points. You know the offense is going to be prolific. The offensive line is healthy. They had major offensive line problems last year. Dak got hurt. Zeke had COVID. He was banged up. Reports are he's in better shape. To get him as RB9 in this format, I was like, yeah, I got to do it. And then it started a running back run because I took him and then four running backs went. Because I thought, I was like, well, I might still be able to get a decent running back around three or four. But the way I mapped it out, I think um, it might work. I, you know, you can't map it out because you just don't know. Like, that's the thing. You could look at ADP in this. It means nothing because in one league, you'll see seven quarterbacks go. In another league, you'll see two go. So, obviously, the way mine went, seven in the first round, yeah, I'm happy with the Mahomes pick. I'm glad I did that. So, but, yeah, it's a wild draft, and I'm picking on the end. So, I got to make those tough decisions there. And i seen – and, what you know uh, – a kicker went in the first round of one of these drafts. Did he really? That's yeah. that's just somebody being fucking that's, stupid. Yeah, that's what my friend said too. That's um, just that's that's the look at me pick and the person who fucking you know it was it was like the idiot who took Matt Barkley instead of Saquon yeah. Barkley. Mm -hmm. 
kind of thing. And he got his little like Twitter fame. Taking a kicker now is uh, that. See that it, that's a bullshit move. Yeah, that's a tenth that's overall. A and then there was another draft where Odell Beckham was the first wide receiver taken. Now, you could be the biggest Odell Beckham fan saying he's going to bounce back. I have confidence. Why do you need to take him as the first receiver off the board? <laughs> you, you can get him, even if you want to push him up, 15 spots. Yeah. You can get him as the 15th wide receiver off the board. Why do you got to take him as the first? Because it's, like, a, it's, a, it's a look at me. Well, it's a it's a look at me pick. They they might say they'll say something like, you know, I just I had to have him. I think he's going to be a, a a league winner. Blah 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 blah. You know, it's you understanding. Never, you never see, you never know where you're supposed to take a guy in these you know in these drafts. Like they'll oh, give you a million excuses, yeah. but the bottom line is is that they're just they're hoping that somebody brings them on their podcast, brings them on their live stream. Talks to him on the fucking radio. You know, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Again, you know, I'll tell you what, man, while you were gone, you should you should actually you should listen to this show. You'd really enjoy it. While you were gone, uh, Todd Zola joined me and we talked about like the state of the industry. And, you know, and like when you get a perspective uh, like, uh, you know, on it from like Todd Zola and talking about there, there is there's just there's this contingency of fantasy analysts. And I use air quotes on that. Because they're more into it for the followers, the likes, uh, the attention that they get. You know, they go out there on Twitter and they give their, you know, these just dumbass hot takes. And then they turn around and when somebody belittles them, they're like, oh, well, it's just it's a hot take. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this is going to happen. You know, it's like, you know, and, and they, you know, and they give themselves like that kind of presence. So, I mean, you you can always tell who those people are. In the industry, and and I think that that's you know right there. Uh, oh my God, you took Odell Beckham before any other wide receiver. That's that's crazy. You got to tell us why. We got to know why. I don't have I don't have to know why. I know that you're an attention whore, and mom didn't hug you enough when you were growing up, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, he went 17th overall. Like, come on, that's that's just that's, that's not understanding the marketplace. That's like you going. Like you going on the internet and pricing something and go, oh, it's the most expensive here. I'm going to buy that one when you can get the same product $50 cheaper somewhere else. Yeah. That's basically what you did. You paid the most and you probably said, oh, it's 200. I'll give you 300 for that. That's what you did. <laughs> That's what you did. <laughs> Who does that in this world? I don't know anyone. Even rich people don't do that. Wealthy people don't do that. They all they want discounts too to keep that well. So well, yeah, that's the, that's how rich people stay rich. They don't yeah. just give it away. So that's what you did there. You just said, uh, what's market price? Three hundred. Oh, I'll give you a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he did. You know, because again, you could be higher on Beckham than anyone else. You know what his ADP is in regular drafts. You know, in this, he's not going in the top. 15, I don't even think he's going top 20, but fine. You want to take him 15th, 16th wide receiver to make sure you get him? No problem with that. First wide receiver in the draft? Nah. That's just not understanding the marketplace. Yeah. It's a stupid pick. It's a stupid pick. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's narcissistic. Um, all right, so you are, so then you're, you're two picks in. You've got Mahomes and you've got Ezekiel Elliott. 
which again, I mean, the the Elliott pick is 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 rock solid, especially when you're talking about he's the ninth ninth running back off the board here for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's the ninth running back off the board, and then the third round reversal comes, and boom, there's a running back run. So now all of a sudden, so so you kind of know you're like, oh shit, I got myself my my lead back, and that was the uh, the thing. I'm like about to make my third pick. And it's uh, I'm I'm kind of in a in a kind of wacky situation here of like trying to figure out what I want to do. So my my league, it started off. Kelsey went one Mahomes. Then it went Dak, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. McCaffrey falls to six. Right. Then it went Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook. And so then it comes to me and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I just saw you know, six quarterbacks come off the board here in the first round. I could very well just let it go and take Darren Waller, who uh, I've been eyeballing here. I could take, you know, Zeke, Chubb, Derrick Henry, one of those guys. I said, you know, but if I run the risk that these two guys, you know, they double tap the QB position because they don't know what kind of picks they're going to, you know, they're going to end up with. Even with the third round reversal, I said, "Listen, I, there there are two run, there are two quarterbacks at that point who I kind of liked and who I I wanted, uh, and one was Justin Herbert." And so I was like, "Fuck it, man! I'm just going to grab Justin Herbert and uh, and see what happens with the tight end situation." Wouldn't you know? Waller went right after um, to them, but then these guys went Kamara, Derrick Henry. The guy on the wheel took two running backs. Then the guy came back and took Saquon Barkley. I was like, oh, all right. Well, I know that there's injury risk with George Kittle, but let's face it. He sees all the targets. We love the way he plays. It's all out, and I'll do that. And then I sat there and watched uh, Jonathan Taylor, Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, all came off the board. Then Aaron Rodgers went, and then someone took Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So finishes out the uh, the second round with another two QBs and and Tyreek Hill, the only wide receiver we've got. So I'm thinking, all right, running back is definitely the way I might have to go here um, with my next pick. So I'm sitting here and I'm waiting now. And the the guy on the wheel and you know with the third pick, first round, first pick of the third round, he took Antonio Gibson, who I was you know thinking about taking there. Um, but now, so the question is, is with these guys having taken running back, one, two, three, four, five guys took running backs. One guy took, you know, Tyreek Hill. Two guys already have two quarterbacks. Do I stay with running back or do I say, you know what, let me just get that second QB right now? Like that's, but because it's that third round reversal, I run the risk then of not seeing shit at fucking running back and coming back to me in the fourth. I don't think you have to go running back here. I really don't. I think you could go quarterback if you want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Joe Burrow. That's what's all sitting on the board. Yeah, I mean, I understand the running back pool is getting depleted, but I still think you can get a good one on the way back. Um, that again, that's what makes this so interesting here. Um, you know, I like your start. I think QB tight end is not crazy. I, I thought about it, but where I was picking, I felt like it would have been a little bit of a reach. Again, I've looked at the ADP, and again, it means nothing. You can't, 
but I took the calculated risk of saying, all right, I might be able to get someone I really want. Cause remember I have two picks on the three, four turn. So, so far I like what I'm seeing. Cause I took Zeke and then four straight running backs went. So continue to take those running backs, bro. <laughs> cause, um, but yeah, that's what, and you're, you're kind of on the end too. So it makes it challenging. Uh, but I, I don't think you have to go running back. Uh, not at all. But I don't you, think I have to go running back either. But, like, there are only two teams that don't have QBs at all, right? And then there are two teams that have two QBs. Right. And then, you know, and then the, the one, two, three, four, five other guys, they all have one. So I'm just kind of, yeah, that's, that's, that's the point where I'm at, you know, thinking, you know, do I need to or do I think that I can get away with, you know, this coming back around? Because, again... There are no wide receivers off the board here. Right. None. Like, except for Tyreek Hill. If you knew, well, he probably would be gone. But if you knew Aaron Rodgers was going to play, would you take Devontae Adams here? If I knew Aaron Rodgers was going to play? Yeah. Mm. He would have been, I think he might have been gone, though, already, if we knew Rodgers for sure was playing. That's yeah, why he's calling. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that, but no. If I if if I knew for a fact that he was there, then yeah, I'd probably take the vibe. You know, he would definitely be in play for me here. The guys who I'm looking at right now, and let's hope that the this podcast doesn't publish before this uh this Well, if it does, me. then your draft is slow as shit. Right? Wow, <laughs> it's it's like sitting here stalled right now, also. But so Cam Akers is is one of the guys I feel like the guy behind me is gonna take a QB. I feel like he could take uh like a Tannehill type guy. So if he were to take Tannehill, then I'm like, hmm, what quarterback do I want? I feel like the quarterbacks who I kind of like are pushed down enough that you might, might get it able, on the four or five. I might be able to to swing that. I'll tell you flat out, you're right. So, so I'm looking at um at I I love Sam Darnold for this year. I really do. I love that offense in Carolina. I've said it a million times. He's so fucking far down on the list, and people are so down on him that it kind of tickles my fancy. I also really like Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz behind this offensive line is a totally different story, like a totally different story. But, you know, I mean, listen, I'd be happy with, you know, trying to see uh, who else was there. Yeah, the, the key is with that second quarterback, if you take one early, you got to pick the one that's going to make the jump. Yes. And that's the key. Because we know every year. Which is, always... Dar which is Darnold for me. Okay. Well, then if you're right on that and he does make the jump and Herbert does what he did last year, then you're in good shape. See, last year I waited on the quarterback. And actually, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to judge. I had Joe Burrow who got hurt and Stafford who was also banged up. Right. So um, that's where I got hurt a little bit. And then even and then I had Zeke. He was banged up. So, yeah, I just had a lot of picks that just didn't didn't work out. So you could always look at last year. It means nothing now. But, yeah, the key is finding that quarterback that takes that big step that you get in the. 13 to 24 range. There's probably going to be a couple of them. Yeah. Um, and also you got to remember this scoring system too. really 
gives positive points to efficient quarterbacks because you lose points for incompletions and interceptions. So, yeah, the running quarterbacks certainly help, but you want a real efficient quarterback that's not going to turn it over and has a high completion percentage. Yeah, that's where I'm that's what I'm looking at. Then the question is, is why, how do I pass up Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins? Like, yeah, at sometimes it's just like, hey, I understand we're devaluing the position here, but if I could get one guy in an offense that's going to command a lot of targets as in a prolific offense, uh, you know, take the value, right? Yeah. No, again, that's what makes this interesting because, like, in a lot of drafts, we're like, oh, yeah, do this. It's pretty clear cut, right? It's like, oh, one of these two guys, yeah, I'm going to do this. Nah, you can go in so many dire- directions here, and especially picking at the ends. You know, you have to foresee runs and you're going to be wrong sometimes and other times you're going to be correct. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. Well, we'll keep you guys updated on where we are in the Scott Fishbowl as everything goes on. Um, I want to get Adam's quick take on uh, on the NBA. I know we've been talking a lot of fantasy football here, but I haven't talked to my man Rodison for so long. So we're going to pay some bills, keep the lights on when we come back. Adam Ronis is. NBA playoff take. So stick around. All right, Adam, here we go. The playoffs going on. Um, shit, man. How did how did it all turn out for you? I mean, with the exception of like, you know, some of the injuries that we saw and whatnot, but you know, Suns, Bucks, are you happy? Um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, look, the injuries played a major factor in the playoffs. I mean, the Suns couldn't have asked for an easier path. They got the Lakers in the first round. Let's not forget, they were losing to the Lakers two games to one. Anthony Davis got hurt. They win the next three. I think most people believe if Anthony Davis was healthy, Lakers probably win that series. So they got past that. Second round, they get Denver, who overachieved down the stretch. They were so thin at the guard position. The Jamal Murray loss was big. They got Will Barton back for the series against uh, Phoenix, but he you know, he was on the minutes limit. He wasn't the same. So they got a big advantage there, took care of business as they should have. And then they got a Clippers team in the conference finals that did not have Kawhi Leonard. And I give the Clippers credit. I've been disappointed with them not showing up. They played really hard in this playoff. I thought they showed a lot of heart. Uh, Reggie Jackson was unbelievable. Paul George stepped up big time, uh, needed to take over that team, and he did. Uh, so I give them a lot of credit. But the Suns got like, the easiest path to the NBA Finals. And it's not disrespectful to them. I'm just speaking the truth. And you, you can't argue with what I just said. All right? They got two superstars, two of the best players in the NBA did not play for the Lakers and the Clippers. And, you know, it was great for Chris Paul. Great to see that. Chris Paul has been money in these closeout games. The Suns are a really good team. And I said it in previous podcasts. The reason they were the two seed, they were the healthiest team in the Western Conference. It's a fact. It's not to diminish them. Chris Paul missed two games this year because of rest. DeAndre Ayton played the whole season. I think Jay Crowder is the only guy that really missed time on that team. They had all their key components healthy almost the entire year. Even Utah didn't, the one seed. Donovan Mitchell was banged up. Mike Conley missed time. Every other team around them, the Clippers, the Lakers, they all had players miss time due to injuries. So things just broke right for the Suns. Same thing with the Bucs, man. Bucks got the Miami Heat, where they were not the same as last year. Then they got Brooklyn, who had no Kyrie Irving and a banged-up James Harden, who was playing on a bad hamstring. 
and tried to come back and clearly wasn't the same player. And then they get an Atlanta team. Well, again, you know, they didn't have Giannis the last two games and they won. So give credit to Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday stepping up big time. Brooke Lopez had a big game five. So I think both teams just had like the perfect path to the NBA finals. And I don't think you can dispute that because not many people were picking the Suns or the Bucks to make the finals. No, not everybody was picking the Suns and the Bucks to make the finals. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Well, what do you, uh, you got a prediction? Um, we don't know if Giannis is going to play. They're saying he's probably going to play game one. Um, I kind of lean to the Suns in six. I just think they have been so impressive, even with the fortunate luck and opponents. Uh, they're, they don't have like, you can't shut down one or two guys. Aiton can beat you. Booker can beat you. Paul can beat you. Bridges can have a big game. Cameron Payne's been excellent off the bench. So they have so many ways to beat you. And I just, the problem I've had with the Bucks all year, the lack of killer instinct, man. They just, there's some games and they were interviewing Drew Holiday, I think after game five. And Barkley, was it Barkley or Kenny Smith? One of them was like, you know, Drew, like, why don't you come out aggressive every game? Like, we saw the aggressive Drew tonight. Like, why isn't that there? And he's like, you know what? A lot of people ask me that. My family, my teammates. And they were surprised at that answer. And I was, too. Like, you would think, like, well, I don't feel well tonight. You know, it's not my night. I want to defer to Giannis. Because Kenny Smith was saying, look, he was a role player in the NBA. He wasn't a superstar. But he was like, the reason why I couldn't take over games every night my body wasn't feeling well. I just didn't have it. He's like, but the nights I felt great, I wasn't giving up that basketball. Yeah, I didn't pass to Akeem Olajuwon, but I was going to shoot and have a big game. So that was his reason. And Drew Holiday, it's perplexing because you've seen him take over these games without Giannis. Why don't you have that same aggression? Even with Giannis on the court, doesn't mean you have to defer to him every time. So, and that's been my problem with the Bucs and why it's been hard for me to back them this year. It's just... This lack of aggression and killer instinct. I mean, Trey Young wasn't there. It got hurt and was a game four that he sat, and they got their asses kicked. Giannis was healthy. Like, why? That shouldn't be happening. So that's the part with the Bucs that I've had a problem with. Uh, and it goes back to last year, the mental toughness. Now, they got over. They finally got to the NBA Finals. But um, I just – I have some concerns. Like, Chris Middleton, we saw him take over game six. But we've also seen instances where he can't hit a shot. So I think the Suns are a more complete team. So, look, I think it's going to be a fun finals. I know the NBA is probably like, oh, shit, Phoenix, Milwaukee is the markets. But you know what? All you fucking people who criticize <laughs> the NBA, oh, we know who's going to win. It's the Lakers and LeBron. It's Golden State. You got your fucking wish. So watch the fucking games. New blood. Watch the game. Suns haven't won a title. Bucks haven't won since the 70s. You got new blood. So stop fucking complaining. You're the same hypocrites. Oh, we know what's going to happen. No, we don't. Because no one expected Bucks Suns. So watch the NBA Finals. <laughs> but you know it's not. They're going to complain about something else. Ah, oh, it's tainted. All these injuries. All these guys got hurt. Because you can't make people fucking happy. <laughs> You can't make fucking people happy. It's a perfect mic drop opportunity right now, folks. Perfect opportunity. So we will welcome back Adam Ronas. It's great to have you back, dude. I've missed you so much. And, uh, well, let's uh, let's deal with this all week long, too. We'll cover drafts. We'll cover 
Uh, maybe we'll even talk a little baseball here. Help everybody out, right? People are going to need to talk a little baseball at some point. So that's up four one. Oh, this unfortunate part is I had Brandon Woodruff. It was one one going to the seventh, and he allowed three runs in the seventh. I'm like, ah, but I have him in tout, so I'll I'll take a Mets W, man. Hopefully they can hold on. But uh, damn, I took the Brewers on the money line. Yeah, because of Woodruff, right? Yeah, of course. Of I course, mean, I figured you guys like spent your, you know, you blew your load against the Yankees. You were all nah, excited nah, nah, about nah. that. And no, no, no. They got a two out of three. Yeah, I hope I hope they take two out of three from Milwaukee and uh kind of sweet Pittsburgh. And I didn't they 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 play Pittsburgh after the break, too. So look, you gotta beat up on Pittsburgh, man. You gotta get these wins when you can because they're gonna have a lot of division games down the stretch that are gonna be important. So you got to beat up on these bad teams, man. Not Milwaukee. Milwaukee's obviously really good. They were my pick to win the Central this year, and they are on fire. <sighs> they are on fire. Yeah, what was it? it was uh, they won 11, uh, 11, yeah, 11 12, in a row. Think, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah, 11 in a row, and it was like 13 out of 14 is where Yeah, they, they are just – they because I remember like the Cubs were – I, I never thought the Cubs were any good. Yeah, they, they won 9 to 10. Um, yeah, 51 and 34, man. There's seven games ahead of the Reds going into tonight. I think, do they have the biggest lead? Yeah, they do. They have the biggest lead of any division leader in baseball right now. Sick. They just need some offense. If they trade, they need to trade for a bat. I mean, you go into the playoffs, Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, bro. I don't want to face that. Hater out of the pen? Nah, I don't want to face that. I mean, that... I mean, look, NL playoffs, man. If if hopefully the Mets get in, I'm praying. Um, Milwaukee, LA, and the Padres. No disrespect to the Giants. I don't see it lasting, but that's that's going to be really good, man. But it's still only July 5th, so uh, we got a long way to go. You got a very long way to go. All right. Well, we'll, again, like I said, we'll be back later on uh, throughout the week here. Uh, He's back, baby. So enjoy it. Uh, That's going to do it for us here today on Annie Up. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.